Are we ready to open next month? I think so. You think so? Well, it's complicated. Fire protection, first aid supplies, uniforms, safety training, mat services. Oh, and restroom supplies. So uncomplicated. Call Sent Us. They'll handle all of it. Wow. One company can handle all that? That's not very complicated. So, we'll be ready? Oh, we'll be ready. Oh, I'm ready! Learn how Centos can help you get ready for the workday. Visit Centos.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Dan Marino. Hi, Ryan Tannehill from the Dolphins here. Hi, this is Larry Zonka. This is Mark Super Duper. I'm John Offerdahl. This is Paul Warfield. Hi, this is Nick Bonacani. This is Jake Scott. Gary Premian. Dick Anderson. Larry Little. Tom Vigorito. Tom Nottingham. Otto Stowe. Mike Colon. Doug Kruzan from the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. This is Marlon the Magician Briscoe. I'm Jim Crash Jensen. This is Don Shula, and I listen to the Pat Catello Show. It's the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. Join us now as we talk Dolphin football or call in live with your questions or comments. And now here's your host, Pat Catello. Okay, everybody, good evening and welcome to another edition of the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. I will be joined alongside Rich Van Zandt shortly. As the Miami Dolphins record now goes to 4-3, and three, uh, Thursday night football not so well for the Miami Dolphins as uh, once again they continue their tradition on national television of uh, pretty much laying an egg, 40 to nothing uh, against the Baltimore Ravens in a game where I think a lot of people were kind of tuning in to see what was going to happen as Matt Moore got the start uh, for the injured Jay Cutler, uh, obviously there's been a little bit of a quarterback saga going on this season, um, but uh, for anybody who had aspirations of uh, uh, things uh, turning in a completely different direction, well, they kind of did, <laughs> but not in the direction that everybody had thought. Uh, just an absolute shellacking um, once again on national TV. And I stress that because, you know, you have to understand that for, for the majority of uh, people watching, and, and uh, our show was basically uh, it caters to the national Miami Dolphin audience. We, we, we record the show outside of the uh, Miami area. And so uh, when we're listened to, um, you know, throughout the country, uh, so a lot of these people um, – you know, get to see the Miami Dolphins when they're on national games. And uh, that includes Dolphin fans, but it also includes NFL fans, non-Dolphin fans. And this is what they see as far as, you know, the, the, the Dolphin product on the field. This is their only glimpse of it besides checking scoreboards or seeing highlights and stuff. So when you have this kind of performance on a national screen, it's going to set a, a, a mindset in, in, in people that you're not going to change, and record's not going to change that. Um, now, ironically, and I said this a couple weeks ago, the Miami Dolphins' record does not dictate the team. I mean, they're 4-3 and three right now. They were f- uh, four and two going into this the last game. I mean that that's a record that stands. You know, it, it, let's face it. You you're one win away from being one of the top teams in the AFC. I mean that's the bottom line. I think you know you you, you if you were five and two, you'd be at the top of the whole AFC conference. Uh, and, and instead, you know now you go to four and three, but it's still a winning record. There's a lot of teams that would gladly sign up for this. But this really does not depict what the Miami Dolphins team is. I mean, can you lose 40 to nothing 
Can you then lose, you know, 20 nothing, whatever it was, out in, in, in London against the Saints and pretty much getting shut out against the Jets when they played up, up, up here in New Jersey? Uh, if you do that, I mean, how good a football team can you be? And like I say once more, the record does not really dictate this, but if, if you lose those kind of games, I don't know what kind of a football team you can be regarding it as, um, you know, and at a certain point, does the record balance itself out? And that's the question that, you know, that everybody's going to be asking. Um, the Miami Dolphins just seem like they are lost in a lot of different areas. The offense has pretty much been inept the entire season, although there have been some glimpses or glimmers of, you know, what they're able to do at times. It's been few and far between, to say the least. And so I, for one, you know, uh, think that there's more problems there than meets the eye. And as far as you, what's going to happen, you know, for the remainder, I don't know. But, uh, you know, uh, people listening to this show right now, I, I mean, you know, what, what do you listen to, uh, uh, you know, a Miami Dolphins broadcast after a loss like that, if not, you know, for some solace or some kind of, you know, um, misery loves company, if you will. I mean, you know, you, you lose like that, there's a sour taste. And it's been three times this year that, that the Miami Dolphins have done that. So four and three, but the three losses just absolutely hor- horrendous, and uh, and I'm sure that I cherry coded what my co-host Rich will will bring in. So without further ado, let's bring in Rich Van Zant, as I'm sure he has uh, plenty to say on it. Rich, four and three does not really depict sh- what this team is about. I don't think. <laughs> No, you know, we're in third place in our division now. You know, so four and three really doesn't get you anywhere. Go that. I mean, no. we're like, what are, we, what are we, three games behind the leader now? So, Why? What, 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 the Patriots, I thought the Patriots only have two losses. Six they and two, two losses. Yeah. yeah. So how are we three games? You're, you're, you're a game behind. Well, okay. Yeah, a game and yeah. a half? I mean, a game and a half? game and a half. So we, we, yeah, I guess. They don't make it worse than it is, Rich. I mean, it's it's yeah, not no, good. Yeah, no, six and two. Yeah, well, or, or two, yeah, two in the law, two in the win column away. Yeah. I mean, as much and as you, you want, we're chasing Buffalo too. They're not. You know, you're chasing Buffalo too. No, I'm not saying they're out of it, but you know, no, no, I'm, I'm saying like. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I'm just saying. I understand what you're saying because I'm realistic about it, you know. But in all honesty, okay, Buffalo's five and two, Patriots are six and two. We're four and three. You're basically a game out of first place in the division, more or less. Besides the extra win in the win column, I got you there. So you're a game and a half out of first place. You're a game out of second place. But we both know that the problems with this team are, are well above those standings. I guess is my point. Yeah, there, there's issues that, you know, I can't even put my finger on. I mean, the offense looks like they never played before. I mean, I don't think they could have beat a college team Thursday night the way they played. I mean, that was the most inept performance. Like I said, I thought it was the worst performance in the history of regular season, you know, football. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously you brought up, you know, Marino's last game in Jacksonville, but that was a playoff game. But this was the worst regular season Dolphin game I've ever witnessed. Yeah, I had to think long and hard because you had said that to me. You're like, Pat, this is the worst, the worst Dolphin game they've ever played. And at first, I was like, is it? Nah, nah. 
And of course, listen, the 62 to 7, Jacksonville, that's the worst game ever. I mean, that, there's no, no getting around that. Obviously, it's Marino's last game, it's the playoff game, you know, whatever you want to say. But you take the playoff game out of the mix, and I'm trying to think of all the regular season games. And there's a couple eggs that lie up there. Of course, there's bad losses and stuff. But to really get shellacked, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of what. There was that 1998, they went into Atlanta, and, I, and they got manhandled. I don't know if you remember that. I, the 38-6 or whatever comes to my mind. I really don't know the score. That's just what's coming to my mind. But it was bad. And it was yeah, bad. And it was a team. Used to have, right? Didn't O.J. Bergantz or something have that game? Right? Yeah, his, yeah, he did. Yeah, he, yeah, Tony yeah. Martin. Yes, it was just terrible. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and uh, It was all the ex-Dolphins, like, destroying us. Yep. That was that was bad. That was that was really really bad. You know, um, there was uh, you know, uh, I think there was a couple uh, couple other games that you know were, were were bad as well. But nothing that you know wrong as as much of a sting as this one seemed to. You know, but here's the funny part, and I said it to you then. It was twenty to nothing. And they were in the early part of the fourth quarter, and they were driving in. And I thought they had a chance to score a touchdown there. And if you do get a touchdown there, you bring it basically to a 13-point game with almost the entire fourth quarter, right? And you think they might be able to do this again. And Matt Moore throws that terrible interception. I still don't know who he was throwing it to or who else could have caught that besides the defensive end. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's 27 nothing, and, and that was it. So it's kind of weird. Like, you had a chance to actually be back in this game late in it. And then it winds up being forty to nothing. So it, it was really strange how that whole thing went. But yeah, they they were manhandled. There's no doubt about it. I mean, absolutely embarrassed. I mean, the stench is still you can still smell that game. That's how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I guess you know how many times can you hit the drum? But yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, there's a lot of other issues. Now, uh, we're always blaming players and stuff, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but, you know, for the first time, I, I, I think I, I agree with you in that. I think Adam Gase has to take a little bit more responsibility for this. And when you really look at the overall, you know, the two years that he's been there, a year and a half, okay, they went on a run last year, they made the playoffs. But, you know, now it, it, it's to the point where, you know, you've been hearing about this offensive guru for two two years now, and I think Ryan Tannehill did improve under him, but I'm not sure I really have seen what everybody's talking about. Well, I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, he has this big press conference on Friday talking about how he simplified the offense, and I guess he was insinuating it was for Matt Moore, which makes no sense because he's been there nine years. But he simplified the offense, and the defense kind of knew what was happening. Now, that offense has looked like it's, like it's kindergarten all year long. So how much more can you simplify a bad, predictable offense? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Nine years and a playoff Yeah, but what did he simplify? I mean, third and eight, he th- they throw the ball four yards. What, what more do I have to say about simple than that? They don't do anything don't that's, that's not predictable. So no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. any of that. No, I don't buy it. I, I think it's a joke. And, you know, look, he says there's a lot of miss. He's blaming the running backs for not picking up the blocks. Uh, okay. Does that does that still justify throwing the ball two yards when you need four and one yard when you need six? I, you know, or running when you're down by 20 points and you get the ball to, at, in, the, in the third quarter and the first play you do is a no-game delayed handoff up the middle? 
I, I, you know, what, you know, I don't understand that either. Yeah, um, I guess to you know to address your points. Okay, first off, you're talking about uh, you know downsizing it or simplifying it for Matt Moore, like you said, makes absolutely no sense. I I would say I, I know it sounds crazy. I I think Matt Moore might understand the offenses better than Ryan Tannehill even. You know, and and secondly, he started a playoff game. You know, this the, you don't have to do anything for Matt Moore. As far as the r- running backs pick, missing blocks and pass coverage, yeah, I see that too. But I agree with you. I don't know what you know that that would then equal checkoffs or, or you know or something like that that they would have to do. So I, I don't know, man. I, I I don't think so. Like I, it, that doesn't I mean, really make a lot mean. of sense. This offense is very predictable. I mean, we know what's going to happen before it happens most of the time. But I don't even see it being checkoffs on their passing plays. Like, they have designed – how many yeah. wide receiver screens do we have to look at? Those aren't yeah, checkoffs. Those are plays that are quick. designed that way. They're throwing yeah. it right away like that. No, you're right. Like, it's really quick. Yeah, you know, you're right. Downfield. I mean, how many times is Landry waiting on, this, on the line of scrimmage? He's not even running a pattern. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's true. Like these are, are are plays that are designed like that. So when it's third and eight and they're running a you know a four yard passing play to receivers who are probably at the top of the list of worst in the league of yards after the catch. Oh, terrible! Yeah, absolutely terrible. But like again, if you you know you know how receivers are. If they were really going to run an eight yard pattern, they wouldn't even be looking at four yards for the ball. Their back would be towards – wouldn't even be looking at the quarterback yet. So those are designed short patterns all the time. Yeah, they are. So don't give me they that are. crap. Yeah. And, and, Which um, I don't understand. What, what, what is the – you know, what's, what, what's the what, – why do they keep doing that? I don't understand. What are they getting out of that? It doesn't work. Don't you no, think – I mean, don't they look at that and say, look, this doesn't work and try something else? It's terrible. Yeah, you have to wonder, and it just seems like, you know, they want to pass the buck an awful lot, and at a certain point, like I said, I think you have to kind of say, hey, wait a minute, you know, let's look at the, the the top. And when I say top, yeah, you could go all the way to the top, but, I, you know, I mean, I think even as far as, like, your your head coach and stuff, um, it just seems like he, he gets angry and wants to, you know, put his foot down, but I don't know really – where the blame should go if it doesn't uh, start with him as well, you know? And I guess that's my point in it. We're both you know, seeing... I'm, I'm seeing this guy, like, really become gays, you know, really becoming very arrogant and yeah. very nasty at these press conferences. And, and, like, you know, you know, you just got blown out 40 to nothing. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just that, you know, the arrogance shouldn't really be there. <laughs> You know? Yeah. And I, I, I agree. Here one more time. He's like, I don't care what the fan base thinks. You yeah. win games and you wouldn't have to worry about the fan base. Well, me and you have had the same opinion in this organization and this is this is how I basically feel about it. I think they want to emulate the New England Patriots and the way that they uh they they carry their organization and the way that Belichick addresses the media and the press and let's be honest if Bill Belichick didn't have this absolute dynasty that's been going on for two decades now he wouldn't be able to get away with that kind of nonsense it becomes comical 
It becomes comical yeah. now because, you know, they're so successful and it makes a good clip. I don't know if you've seen last, last week, you saw yesterday, how he was, uh, you know. But, I mean, he is just uh, – it's deplorable the way he acts, you know, to people in the media and whatever. And I get the feeling here, like – and it's been – it's not just now. It's just been going on since the Philbin era. Since uh, yeah, since the Philbin era, it, 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 it seems like it is um, having an arrogance about you and being elitist and being an elitist organization, but having no grounds to be that way. They act like it's they're a two, right. but nothing, nothing really. No. I mean, it starts. Yeah. Listen, it started in the Philbin era, but I think that it, it was amplified with Mike Tannenbaum when he came in. Because he, he kind of had that persona with the Jets, and it's been amplified since he's gotten down there. And now Gase coming in, he seems like he has a, a you know an authority about him for, for no reason. Like, I don't really see why it is. And you're right. I see them shunning or the, you know the fan base an, an awful lot. And you have to wonder, you know, where's it coming from? You know, where's the arrogance coming from for this organization? When if it wasn't for fan bases sticking with this team that's had an awful lot of internal problems, Problems for over a decade now. I mean, I, I, I could see this season could turn really bad really quick. I mean, if it if yeah. keeps up, I mean, you know, we have two two more national televised games in a row. You know, the, I mean, obviously the Raiders are a bit of a mess too, but we we're playing them. They're staying on the East Coast for two weeks, and then we have to go to New England for Monday night. That's going to be pretty. I think it's Carolina actually, but yeah. Right? Are we going to play New England on Monday night, or it's Carolina? No, uh, no, it's Carolina, I believe. We, we go to the okay. Raiders Sunday night this week at home, and then we go to Carolina to play the Panthers on Monday night. But either way, it's the same thing. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You have two more national games for a team who plays very badly on national TV in the last three, four years. So, you know, they need to turn this around and turn it around quick, and they have some pretty good teams that they're coming up against that they're going to have to do it with. But, you know, this thing could go south, and it could go south real quick. Four and three could easily become a losing record in a few weeks, and then it could go much worse than that. You know, look, we got a gift to open, open in, you know, our opening week. You saw that. With uh, you know, with the with the with the Chargers game, with a missed field goal, so we could definitely be in a lot worse trouble than we are right now. Yeah, that's true. And you had said, and I agree with you, if they were playing the Chargers again, I don't think they would beat them. No, I don't think so either. I really don't. Yeah, there's no I, doubt I, about I don't, it. I don't, yeah, they're a different team right now. But we, you know, we we lucked out with that missed field goal at the end. I mean, you know, they had a chance yeah. to beat us. That kicker's no longer in the league. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I, uh, so. I agree. Okay, uh, obviously there's a big elephant in the room as well. Uh, like I said, uh, you had Jay Cutler going down with a rib injury and Matt Moore coming in. And, and uh, Matt Moore, you know, was uh, a lot of people thought was the reason the Dolphins' offense was stagnant and were, were crying for him to start. Well, they got their wish. Didn't work out any way how they thought it might have. So uh, when we we'll take a quick break, when we come on back, we'll discuss that and, and what's the best option for the Dolphins moving forward. Right back after this. This is former Miami Dolphins, Mark Super Duper. And you are listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show with Pat Catello. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by... 
Don Nottingham Associates Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Dolphins Legend Show, Pat Catello, Rich Van Zant, as we broadcast live. Uh recapping the Miami Dolphins forty to nothing loss against uh the Baltimore Ravens on uh Thursday night. Uh just a reminder you can catch us on iTunes. Uh just uh go to iTunes and search Pat Catello Show and you can subscribe to us and uh, have us right there and you can send us questions or comments, uh, feel free, Pacatello Show at Yahoo.com, and uh, we'll get to some of them. So, Rich, here you have for the, uh, for basically the end of the, the preseason and into, the, you know, this season, the Matt Moore-Jay Cutler controversy. Jay Cutler has not played well. Everybody call him for Matt Moore, um, who also did not play well in preseason. I just want to throw that in the mix there. Matt Moore did not have a good preseason. He, he, he actually yeah, had a terrible he's, he's preseason. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. bad. So where do you stand on this whole thing now? <laughs> I mean, they're both not playing well. I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to see Cutler again unless he gets hurt again. Cutler's got the job back. You're not going to see more again unless unless Cutler goes down again. You know, Moore did nothing to solidify that job for him. You know, he came off the bench, he won the Jets game, and then he stunk it up on national TV. So they, they, you know, I don't even know if Cutler's ready to play, but he's playing Sunday. Yeah, and it, you know, and I told you two weeks ago, right after that Jets win, I could tell just by the Adam Gase press conference that that was his move anyway, because he was basically saying, you know, uh, it looks like Jay Cutler will will not play in. Uh, 
in the Baltimore Ravens game. I mean, we both knew he wasn't playing, so that I don't know no, what kind of semantics not. that was. You know, but I, I read through that to say this is my quarterback. When he's healthy, he's going to play. Because you know how stubborn he is, right down to the 100% sure. chance comment. And now, you know, he's going to get his wish, obviously. But how healthy is Cutler? Well, Cutler's going to be Richard Todd healthy. He's going to have cracked ribs, going to wear a flak jacket. Is he going to come in against us and, and win the game to Jerome Barkham? You know, for all-time Dolphin fans, a couple of them got that. But, you know, is he going to do that? I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't know. Well, you, I mean, you know, I Mike, Tannenbaum so, filled in, Mike Tannenbaum filled in for the Adam, Adam Gaze, the Adam Gaze show, and he says uh, he's very optimistic that we have reinforcements coming. Ted Larson at guard, T.J. McDonald, for the Carolina game, and uh, Devontae Parker should be back soon. So there's really nothing to worry about. There we go. And you could have. I don't know why I was worrying all this time for nothing. You could have taken me off the hook. Ted Larson's coming. Yeah, Ted in. Larson's coming. I was like, wow. It was like Larry Lewis coming out of retirement. What are you talking? Yeah, I mean, listen. I, the offensive line has been terrible. I will give that. They've been very bad at times. Um, but you know, I. I I cannot say that, like, you know, obviously bringing in a couple guys here or there, I don't know how much can that strengthen it. You know, offensive line, those guys really need to work together and get a rapport. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, um, Devontae Parker, yeah, it might help the offense a little bit, but let's not forget that the offense played worse when he was in there than they did when he yeah. was out of there. Pretty so, much and so. I'm not saying I mean, how, many drops, how many drops did he have before he got hurt? Yeah, but I'm not saying it was all him. I think Cutler was no, starting to get a little was, dependent but on him. they seem that like, Cutler zeroes in on him, and he had a ton yeah, of drops. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I think he was getting dependent on Devontae Parker. So when he was out of the mix, he opened it up a little bit more. And, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry got a little bit more action and stuff like that. But um, the running game, again, it just, you know, you said it. Jay had his first run for 20-something yards, and that was it for the rest of the day. Yeah, it was, it was awful. The the cat in the fourth quarter had more yards than him. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess a lot of people don't know what that is, so go ahead and, and tell them, I guess. <laughs> there was a cat on the field at the end of the game. Yeah, it was a big story. <laughs> and I, Nobody I knows where it came from. The cat ran yeah. across the field. You know, the, the cat had more yards than the giant. In this day and age, you can't sneak a sandwich into the game, more or less a cat. I don't know how you get that past security. I'm, I don't <laughs> understand that either. Game. That's a little crazy. That? That's so cruel, too. You know, that's no. a, that's a, if somebody really did that, if that wasn't a feral cat that just happened to be there, that that's really disgusting. It really yeah, is. Yes, no. No, it definitely is. Now, if you look at the Miami Dolphins, right, and and, and there you had the week before with Jarvis Landry screaming how how this team is sticks together and they have some special mojo and that, and then to do that the following week, I mean, <laughs> I don't week, know. Three days they, later. <laughs> three days later. I don't know if they even know what kind of team they are, right? I mean, it just seems like it's it, it's it's disarray. Yeah, it's a mess. It definitely is a mess. Uh, I mean. Like I said, they should have been shut out three times in their three losses. Yeah, I, mean, I that consider that touchdown against the Jets. Yeah, that 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 to me doesn't even count. Yeah, <laughs> they, me too. Then, then they missed the extra point <laughs> to boot after that. Yeah, let's not forget yeah. that. No, <laughs> couldn't even put the seven on the board. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I, I count that as a shutout pretty much. So yeah, the offense yeah, that, three that's times not, not getting in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so. 
you know, when uh, when this whole thing starts to, to come in, it could get really bad, like you said, because, you know, it's early in the season right now. Um, you're still not even at the halfway point, and there's some really good teams coming to play the Miami Dolphins as the season progresses. So, you know, I, I mean. You, you know, you can can't you can shut out every first half. You know, you know, it's getting a little ridiculous now that it's so inept. I mean, do we have a first quarter touchdown yet? No, I don't think so. I don't remember one. You know, oh, I could pretty, be wrong. But. I mean, it's it, it's really it's getting old. It's getting old very quickly. I mean, this is a net this netness where you can't even get you can't put drives together. You can't get a first down. I mean, it's getting pathetic. Well, look, and I'm just reiterating for everybody listening at home, they already know this, and so do we, but let, let's just look at it for what it is, okay? You open up, you're 4-3 and three right now. Now, let's go through the four losses, the four wins, rather. Okay, you had the Charger game to open up the season, which they absolutely should have lost, and it was basically, you know, a missed field goal and, and whatever that was, but, uh, you know, that's a game that they played really lousy and should have lost and wound up squeaking out a win, okay? Yep. Then you had their home opener three weeks later against the Titans where they looked terrible and then in the last whatever were able to put it together and come back and beat the Titans, right? And then you had the Falcons game. I remember, they, I remember we, had the, we had the luxury in Titans with Matt Castle. Remember that? Yeah, that's true too. Yes, that no Mariota. Yeah, good point. Yep. Good point. And so you squeaked that one out. And then the Falcons game, which was a, a phenomenal comeback. I'm not saying that wasn't 17 unanswered points. It was, but in all honesty, played lousy for three quarters, right? And then we're able to, to come back and do that. Um, I would say probably the Jets game was their best game, the second one when they beat them. But when you compare how they won the four games compared to how they lost the three games, it doesn't even equate. I mean, it's so imbalanced that the losses outweigh the wins. There's no question. I mean, they, they, they've been embarrassed three times in those losses. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, those games are just like you just shake your head. But those are unwatchable games. I agree. Now, the um, we've been talking about the offense quite a bit, but in this particular game, the defense really was run all over, right? I mean, you watched the Baltimore Ravens. By nobody. They, they're a star maker in the Miami Dolphins defense. They can make an average running back look like Walter Payton at any moment. Yeah, they've done it for right? years. They have. Yeah, yeah, they've they've had the knack for doing that for a long time. But it was very evident, you know, Thursday uh, that they. I mean, they literally like could not stop. You're talking nine yard runs, just tackling right yeah, they, before they the first running, down. They were, right, they were running right at our strength, supposedly our defensive tackles. I mean, Sue's Sue and the rest of them had awful games. And you know that the big rumors right now are about Indomitian Sioux, so talk a little bit about that, what's going on with him. Because there's well, a, I called it a while ago. I, I didn't think he'd be there past this year. I, I think they're going to salary cap dump him at the end of the year. I, I can't and, imagine they're going to they're going to pay him $24 million unless he renegotiates his contract and really really takes a huge pay, uh, you know, pay cut. I can't imagine him being back. And, you know, you, you can't have your – you know, your your highest paid player but the defensive tackle will be successful in this league. You brought up a good point with that uh, over the weekend. You were saying, you know, name one team that has their best player as a defensive tackle or a nose guard, right? And and it, you really, it, there is none. Like in the, you know, how many, games, how many games is defensive tackle going to win for you? 
Yeah. I mean, I can think of I can think of decent defensive tackles or nose guards, certainly, but they're far from the highest paid or the best player on the team. And I think you're right. When you have that as you, you supposedly your best defensive player and your highest player on the team, you're in trouble because it's not that kind yeah. of position. You can't do enough there. I mean, you could stack up the middle can occasionally get some push and some sacks, but it's not a game-changing position. No, it's not going to put points on the board. Well, no, it's not. It's not going to do that. No, huh? I mean, even I mean, you could you could make an argument for a defensive end, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, some of those guys are very highly paid. You know, there's no question about that. I mean, which and is, dominant which is that, and brought home rings. Yes, and you know that's that's an issue too because you know, look, the best. Defensive end of the year has what eighteen to twenty sacks a year, so you know yeah. that's eighteen or twenty plays a year. That's you know, so that's a lot of money for one position like that too. Yes, well, if you're looking at it from a sack perspective, I guess it is. But right. you could do a lot of damage without getting a sack too. Yeah. Right, you could no, get certainly. That. You know, you could get fumbles out of things. You could get interceptions. You could hurry the quarterback. You can rough him. So you could do a lot of things there, um, you know. But uh, I, I think when it's all said and done, though, you know, you really hit something on the head to to go out and have that kind of a, uh, an investment and in, in putting your marquee player on somebody like that, who, let's face it, really has not been anywhere near the player that he was in Detroit. He hasn't been. No. Like, I can't remember. And, and now he's starting to act game. like the, he's, we're, we're getting the bad suit now. Yeah. It's not, not bad enough that he's not, like, performing on the field, but now we're getting the, the thug suit who's starting fights and choking, you know, second-string opposing quarterbacks when they're getting blown out. Yeah. I remember he choked Ryan Mallett at the end of the game. Yeah. And well, uh, that's what you want. Yeah, you're getting embarrassed on national TV, so let's choke the second-string quarterback. I mean, come on. While we're, on, while we're on that, uh, let me ask you, do you have any new information on Kiku Alonso? And, of course, Kiku had that uh, the big hit on uh, Joe Flacco, and he was flagged for it, but there was rumors that he may get a suspension for it. And uh, first off, tell me, have you heard any information on that of where that stands? No, I haven't heard anything. So, I mean, I guess no news is good news. I don't think they're going right. to suspend them. I think it would have heard so. it today, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched it a million times. I think Flacco has is a lot to blame for that. He slid awkward, awkwardly late, and he was high when he got hit like that. So, I mean, what's a quarterback's running like that? He's fair game. I mean, you know, you know, look, yeah, it, it was a vicious hit. But if you look at that, you know, a full speed and not in super slow motion, what's Kiko supposed to do? Well, I think it's fair game to a certain degree. I think it's fair game as far as, you know, uh, when a quarterback runs like that and, you know, he slides at the last minute, he slides at the last minute. So if you hit him, then, yeah, you know what, you're getting a 15-yard penalty. You deserve to get it because it's a, it's a steadfast rule. But as far as being malicious or uh, anything after that, i got to agree with you. I, I don't think it was. I mean, he's, he was going full speed. He kind of just went down at the last second, you know, and Kiku then came in and hit him with his, uh, you know, his forearm into his head. And, and yeah, I mean, you can't do 
do that. It should have been a penalty because there's no gray area there if a quarterback gives himself up, no matter how late, I might add. But as far as it being malicious and stuff like that, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it really was, and I think that 15 yards is probably enough. Certainly don't think it deserves a suspension. No, I don't think it should be a suspension. Now, I've seen a lot you, worse. Uh, like I said, I, I think it's Flacco sliding late and the fact that he wasn't down all the way. And what's Kiko supposed to do? I mean, if he if he hesitates and, you know, Flacco doesn't slide, he could have got 10 more yards on that play. Yeah, kind of ironic, too, that Flacco put up 20 points and then in the second half, you know, Ryan Malik comes in and, and he seems to be able to do the same. So I don't know what that says uh, other than, you know, you, your defense really is lacking in a lot of areas. The secondary, you know, the, the I really they like they just it, threw the towel in. Didn't they? It was good they quit. Yeah, I agree. I think that they did. I just think that the the strange part is, like I said, as bad as this game was, you legitimately had a good chance to come back in this game with an entire fourth quarter left with only 13 points down. And and they've done that almost twice this year. They've come yeah. back from that, you know. I'm not saying they would have won the game, but, you know, it could have easily, I think, mean, you know, it could have been a 20-14 to 14 game where they could have lost. You know what I mean? It could have been something like that other than 40 to nothing, you know, which is the complete other end of the spectrum. So, um, and where does it go from here? Does it continue on that path? Uh, they Listen, they come back home, okay, for a night game. But we both know they're not a great home team. Are they going to no. be able to get this together? Especially when you say Adam Gase made comments about the fan base, like we don't care about the fan base. Or whatever I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know where you get that arrogance from. It's like, you know, it's really, you know, I'm what, not taking What did he say exactly? Or, uh, Basically, you know, he's not well, taking polls on what, what the fans want, and basically he was saying that, uh, you know, that like you know he doesn't care what he, he may do things that the fan base don't doesn't agree with. Do you think I'm going to be? Do you think I'm off here? But this kind of the way that Adam Gase runs this with the fans, it almost reminds me of high school football. It almost reminds me of, or even college to a degree, of, of like where you have the booster club and the alumni and the fans are so outspoken against, you know, the coaches and decisions and stuff and they make a stink and then the coach, you know, becomes stubborn and we're not going to change this. And, you know, it kind of goes like that. It seems like he's got that animosity going between the fans now for no reason. Yeah, for really no reason. I don't know. I don't know what his problem is. You know, you, you keep losing, you're not going to be here long, so... You know, you better change your attitude pretty quickly. You know, it's it's yeah. the whole thing. You know, tomorrow's the trading deadline, too, you know. You you still think, like, I don't think they're going to do anything, but you still think that they might make a, a trade? I mean, Landry well, was the big what, name. What, what I read and what I've heard on all the, you know, on all the stations was basically we're actively involved. We're trying to trade player for player, not draft picks. We could be buyers or sellers. That was the third thing. And, uh, you know, Landry's name has been bounced around. And I heard a bunch of other ones, too. I, I don't know about you, but I don't see any part of them being involved like that that would help the team on on, on field play-wise this year. I read no, that I don't to me. Right? That, to me, no. it says we'll get rid of a higher salary player 
whose contract well, that's what is it's running be. out. It's going to be disguised as trying to say we're going to get back into the playoff race. But anything they do is is a salary cap dump. And, you know, like I said, if they can move Landry tomorrow and, and get like a third-round pick, I think they would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I think he'd be long gone. If they could do that with Ndamukong Sue, they would do it too. Yeah, but that, his salary is not going to be some trade. Yeah, of course. They're not going to be able to do it, but no. if they could, they would. There's they no would, doubt about give, it. They would give Sue away for free if the, if uh, if they could. But with a contract like he has, he's probably he's probably got an ironclad no-trade clause. I, got, I bet you he's got a no-trade clause somewhere buried in that. Even if he Don't didn't, no one's going to take on that salary. Yeah, I know that. I'm saying from their perspective. They would do it. Yeah. There's no doubt. Oh, in, in two seconds. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, you're right. There's there's nothing – there's no trade that's going to fix this team. No. No. And, and, and whatever that might be, that's not what they're looking for anyway. Like you said, you hit it on the head. Huh. No doubt about it. All right, I'll take our last break. We're coming back and wrap it up right back after this. Hi, this is Larry Little, and you're listening to the Pat Cotillo Show. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Legend Show, sponsored by Don Nottingham Associate Insurance. Don Nottingham formed Don Nottingham Associates Insurance while playing for the Miami Dolphins in 1975. Don recognized the need to prepare for life after football. For all your insurance needs, call 352-307-6736 or visit him at www.donnottinghamins.com. And now back to your Miami Dolphins legend show with your host, Pat Catello. Dolphins Legend Show. I'm your host, Pat Catello. I'm joined alongside Rich Van Zant as we broadcast live. Sorry, under these circumstances, uh, you know, you wish that you would have, you know, uh, a, a better product on the field week in after week in and, 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 you know, talk about that. But uh, just a reminder, catch us on iTunes and uh, you can uh, send us questions, comments, whatever, Show at yahoo.com. Uh, Rich, you know, I say this, and, and, you know, it's truthful. I mean, being like, you know, having like stuff to rant about is one thing, you know. But when you lose this kind of way, 
so many times. It's difficult. I mean, it, it's really hard because you want the team to be competitive, but you know, it, losses like this are just—they're just not fun. I mean, not that any loss is fun, but you don't even see the uh, the gold at the end of the rainbow sometimes. I mean, this is going on almost twenty years of this, and it, it's. You know, and that's when nobody takes this organization seriously. Because every time you think they're turning the corner, they get pulled back into mediocrity. I mean, right. I, I mean it's every time. Yeah, and and the pullback is worse than you could ever imagine. I mean, it's yeah. one thing. Every, to, time, you know, every time they're at the cusp of, like, you know, they're going to be legitimate again, they they put up a stinker like this. But that, like this, I mean, this is like insane. Oh, this is bad. I mean, this is bad. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's I'm sitting there. It's like you can't you can't predict it. You can't defend it. it it's just you know, like look, I didn't think this team was put together properly. You know, I, I was on record saying that for the last couple of years, and I right. guess this is just showing up. I mean, with Tannehill out and. You know, the you know the, obviously the quarterback position is a major problem, but there's a lot of pieces to this team that's not put together properly, and you know it's just not run properly. It really isn't, and you know, and you got to look at the top for that. Like I said, yeah. it's a, this is a this is a business, and it's not really this business isn't being run to win Super Bowls. It's one to make money. You know that's why we go to you know Europe every year. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of sideshows going on with this organization all the time. And yeah, you're right. uh, it's never going to change until the top changes because the mentality is, you know, to make as much money as you can. And, you know, and you know, they want to host Super Bowls. And I don't really see anything that they're ever going to be in one, you know. Well, it doesn't, you know there's, there's no, I mean, I haven't gotten into a season thinking we're going to be in a Super Bowl in a long, long time. Oh, me too. can't even remember you know? Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't think I've felt like that post Marino, and that's that's no, going on I, twenty years. No, I don't think years. I've felt that once. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even you know, even the later part of the Marino era, I can't really say I felt that way. Um, but I will say this though: the thing that that kind of baffles my mind is that everything you said is correct. Okay, everything you said is correct about, you know, what their priorities are as far as, you know, their on the field stuff and, you know, and it, it just doesn't seem to be a priority. But if you're going to continue, you know, to, to be like that, you know, you look for different signs of whether they're in the right direction. And like you said, they show glimmers and take a step back. But it's not the same. Like I, the first year that comes to mind, like I'm thinking 1990. And let me explain why I say this, because I remember 1990, Miami Dolphins had a really good football team. Okay, they had turned the corners, they rebuilt, they really seemed like they had a, a Super Bowl contending team, right? But they also seemed like they had some weaknesses. So they could dominate, but when they played a really good team, and back then the league was dominated by certain teams. So there's a few teams that were well ahead of the bunch. So I remember they would beat teams, beat teams, and then they would play a really good physical team, and they seemed like they got manhandled, like they came up and played the Giants, right, who wound up winning the Super Bowl that year. And really the Giants just stunted them. They couldn't really do anything with them. But you knew that the yeah, Giants were an excellent – yeah, remember that? And you remember that the Giants were an excellent team. They were very physical. I see those same – teams get laying an egg like this team lays an egg but I don't necessarily see because the other team was so much better 
That's the difference. No. There aren't that many teams that are so much better anymore. You know, no, this league it's, is, parity it's got parity, but it's got bad parity. You know, there's a lot yeah. of bad teams in this league. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're, one of, and we're really one of those. I mean, we're, you know, we're two wins away from being, you know, buried in, this, in the, in yeah, the pile of so mediocrity. Weird. I know. That's yeah. what's so weird about this season. I mean, the re- like once again, not to beat a dead horse, but the record does not dictate how bad they've been at times. And yeah, this it could in a few weeks, maybe it will. But uh, unless they get things going in a different direction, they're going to be in trouble. Because you're right, the parity in this league is mostly from bad teams, and I don't think that they are out of that. I think that they might be more in that than out of that, and it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do as it goes on. Because um, you know they played New England twice. Look at, look at, like, you know, just a a perfect example of how this organization doesn't run properly. Look how bad the field was two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, You had to rip it up and resod it. Now, you've been dealing with this. The stadium's been there since 1987. Why all of a sudden is the field unplayable? Well, I know you have a theory on it, and I and I think you're right. I think it's to cut corners to save some pennies. And uh, once again, if you're really worried about the product on the field, you don't do stuff like that. You wouldn't have that. And the yeah, players were wouldn't. complaining about that all year. Now, yeah, now they put the roof on, and supposedly it doesn't get enough sunlight. Now, that's really funny because you did a $600 million renovation. Like, that wasn't taken into into consideration? That, you know, know. if you're going to have a grass field that the sun doesn't hit it? I mean, all that should be taken into consideration, guys. I mean, that's pretty pathetic. I mean, let's think about it, okay? Not that I like these ownerships or anything like that, but let's face it. Is Bob Kraft, is he going to cut corners to save money? On field conditions that could hurt his team, we both know. Well, yeah, remember they, they ripped theirs no. up already. Remember they had that spongy surface, and they played right. one game on it, and and you know without hesitation they ripped it up and put a new new surface down because uh, they didn't like it. Yeah, and 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 I was going to say Pittsburgh would they do it? No, you know I mean no. the top teams certainly wouldn't do it. But I, I, you know, listen, you're right. You're hitting it all on the head because when you're more interested in basically appeasing the NFL, going to Europe so many times, trying to get a Super Bowl, you, you know, that your priority is not winning Super Bowls. It's basically hosting and making money. And that yeah, you know, doesn't... Look, I think, you know, deep down, if you put the light on top of them, like an interrogation, they would say they want to win Super Bowls. problem is they don't know how to. You know, the people who are running this team have no idea how to put a winning team on the field. Okay, you know, but if I, go, if I go one step further... If and and here's my point. If you if you gave them a how to, but it was going to be much more cost effective or, or not cost effective rather, and you they know they would it. really. I don't think they would. That's the question. Well, probably not. We yeah. both know. Okay, they don't know how to. We both know that. But being naive yeah. doesn't make you. You know, just because they're yeah. naive on how to do it doesn't mean that they they're not trying. But I don't think they would well, do they, it. They it's, think the, the the sad part is the arrogance. They think they know what they're doing, but they have no idea what they're doing. That's the thing. Yeah, the arrogance really just rings a bell, well, right? Well, like, you mean, know, Tannenbaum was saying how how many rookies are are contributing this year. Boy, are you in a delusional state if you believe that. Well, you've been saying that this is the, one of the worst drafts in the last, you know, uh, how long? Like the last few years of drafts have been the terrible. The last two. And We've gotten nothing out of it. 
I mean, so he, as he far cut, as the rookie, he cut fifty percent of the draft from the year before. So, you know, they were on. The, so, oh, wait, signing them to the practice squad counts that they're there, that they're tackling dummies. I, I don't consider that successful. Yeah, I was going to say, where, where are these rookies that are making this impact? I'm not seeing yeah, them. I don't know. No, I don't I'm see not it either. Them. And, and two of them, I think, were undrafted free agents, so it wasn't even part of the draft. You know, let, let me bring up Carew for a second here. You, you're very hard on him because he was, you know, they they put a lot into him to to to, to draft him. They they obviously had to move up or whatever. He had his best game, you know, uh, this year for sure. But you know, I think he had four, five, six catches. I don't know. But then I look at the uh, who's the receiver on Atlanta, who's also a, 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 a Rutgers product. Um, uh, I, I, I can't pronounce his name. He had a uh, yeah, had a um, yeah, a phenomenal catch, right? You seen the catch was like outstanding, yeah. right? Uh, uh-huh. You know, that's the kind of play that you would expect out of like a Carew or somebody like that. I mean, that kind of level is what you know. Where is that? Like, that's the kind of play that you you know. You, we were hoping that this guy would do, and I understand that. I think you're right on that. And I'm not just pinpointing him. I mean, I haven't really seen it from a lot of areas. Let's face it, this Julius Thomas move, I mean, you know, you said it from the square. This guy, you know, I, he, you just have to accept the fact that he does not gain a yard after the catch. So wherever you're throwing the ball to him, if he happens to catch it, mark it there because we've seen him open open field with just a corner and he can't break that tackle. So uh, you know, I think that's basically well, maybe according, according, to, you know, according to the hierarchy of the Dolphins when we made that trade, this was a new era. I thought we were getting Mike Dicker reincarnated when we signed them. You know, a new era. I mean, this looks like a guy who you, know, you thought he was out of gas when they got him. I thought that maybe he would really have a burst in his career. Um, but, you know, it, it, you, what you're seeing, I yeah, guess. We're known, is, we're known for that. <laughs> we're known yeah, for giving well, you're right about it. No, you're right about that. No, you're right about that. But I'm also thinking that maybe, you know, uh, you know, Peyton Manning obviously had a lot more to do with it, right? A lot more to do. Yeah, and I think the age has, this guy obviously isn't the same player. I mean, he had two duds in Jacksonville two two years in a row. He was terrible. And, you know, yeah. he's basically doing the same thing with us. Yeah. So when you look at it like that, um, yeah, I mean, when look, you look at the – It wasn't so much they were going after Julius Thomas. They were trying to get rid of Brandon Albert's salary. Let's be honest. Yeah, I know. I know. How come we we see right through all these moves, you know? It's like – it, to me, it's very transparent. They hide it very well. But you know what? I don't think the other uh, Dolphin fans, they think they, they're starting to see it the majority, don't they? I think so. Yeah, I mean, how, you know, <laughs> you know, they're not exactly uh, Wriggling Brothers here. You're not going to you know, pull the wall over your eyes if you don't sell you something. I mean, you know, the product's on the field. I mean, you, you you can toot your horn all you want. How great you, how great of a job you're doing, what you're building. I mean, you know, this is the product. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's going to stand for itself. But I'm saying they disguise all these moves and stuff. They think everybody's an idiot. Maybe that's why they have such a, a an adversarial relationship with the fan base is because they think yeah. the fan base is really stupid. Well, I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be it's a lot of empty seats. I think you're going to see the, the last few games of the year. There, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's going to be up. interesting. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how many Raider fans 
are in this stadium Sunday, and I, I oh, think you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a I lot. I think so, too. I think so, a too. A Sunday night game, I, too? Absolutely. Yeah. They're going to come out of right? the woodwork. Yep. Yep, yeah. I think you're, you're right. You're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna, it. It's going to be 50-50, probably, I would think. We're <laughs> close to it. And you know what? They're lucky it is there, because if it wasn't, you're right. That stadium would probably be three-quarters empty. Maybe not for a night game, but like if you get another one of those scorching games in a, you know, on a Sunday afternoon against a lackluster team, how empty is that stadium going to be, right? Yeah, there's no question. And, you know, how many times can you get shut out? in a season and, and, you know, be taken seriously. I mean, I mean yeah. teams don't get shut out ever. And we get, we, we get shut out twice and could have been three times already, and we're not to the halfway point of the season. That's embarrassing. I know. I know. Shut out? I mean, that's just shut crazy. Yes. I know. I know. Unheard of. You know, we go week to week, it's up, it's down, it's whatever, but it's extremely down. It's going to be very interesting to see. And I hope that, you know, next week, hey, we're talking a different tune. You know, I have my I doubts. I mean, so would I. I don't like this. I don't like being embarrassed. And like I said, when you're on national TV, it's amplified. So you can't get that stench. You can't get that taste. That sour taste out of well, you know it. You you, people, right? How many times do people come up to you today? What the hell happened Thursday night? Oh my goodness! And I'm getting so tired of it because you know, for for we don't care about the fan base. I don't think people understand. You know, we're working. You know, uh, uh, with the team, whatever you want to call it, being affiliated with it. We, you know, we have to take you know a, a lot of this backlash that comes. The base, the base is, yeah, I'm taking backlash, and I have no say in the moves. <laughs> it's yeah. not my fault. I didn't build this, you know, but I'm taking yeah. heat from this. It's like, really? I, don't, I, 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 didn't, I, I turned in my GM card a long time ago. So I didn't give yeah. me a break. It's not my fault. You're right about that, my friend. Well, you may have to take that GM card back out and maybe start using it again. We'll see how things go. Maybe there will be a changing of the guard. We'll definitely see. But, uh, no, you're, you're you're absolutely right, Rich. It's, uh, it's the kind of thing where, um, you know uh, – you don't. You're getting backlash for something that you don't really have, uh, you know, any any say in. So it, it gets frustrating, no. and I'm with you. Uh, there's, there's, really there's no, no doubt about it. But uh, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, things will change it's in the future. For us. People look at me like I have something to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you do. <laughs> I might find yeah. out behind the scenes. Yeah, that's what it is. That's our show for this evening. We'll see you next week on the Miami Dolphins Legend Show. Took a look down a westbound road, right away I made my choice. Headed out to my big two-wheeler, I was tired of my own boy. Took a beat on the northern plains and just rolled that power on. Twelve hours out of Mackinac City, stopped in a bar to have a brew. Met a girl and we had a few drinks and I told her what I decided to do. She looked out the window a long, long moment and she looked into my eyes. She didn't have to say a thing.
Insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you.